from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast. This is Perry. Good morning, this is Michelle. And this is Mark. Michelle is calming herself down because she has been, for no no real reason, feeling like, oh, she has a spot on her shirt, feeling like there the day is, is waning and she has no time to get anything done. There's nothing quite like a wardrobe malfunction first thing in the morning. <laughs> At least nothing showing. Now I now I get to walk around with this big... Not, hopefully it's going to dry, but uh, yeah, it's not been my morning. I know. It has not been my morning, so... But your ensemble looks great. Thank you. So right I'm down sit to the here boots. And drink my coffee and try to calm down a little. I don't know why I'm so high strung. I don't know either. Isn't that That's weird? That's so unusual. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm a little high strung, and it can't even be the my breakfast or anything. So mm. I don't know. Tell what? our lovely listeners what you just hammered down for breakfast. Me? Oh no, yeah, no, Michelle. Sorry, oh, I was at Costco last night, and they're called Aussie bites, and. They're gluten-free and vegan and nuts and omega-3s Delicious. and mini muffins, and they're made. No, they're amazing. Oh, are they? I, 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 I they're not dry as a bone? They're not dry as a bone, and they're absolutely amazing. So <laughs> All rolled into a kangaroo nugget. <laughs> Just <laughs> right out of the bunghole. <laughs> <laughs> Just so everybody knows, I did offer to share. She we did. Ca- you did. I, I offered to share. They decided not to take me up on it. So At the moment. I'm Yeah, I'm going to. Consume my loveliness all Maybe by for the next show, we'll give it a shot. Well, yeah, I, n- I would shot. need time in between, exactly. if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sharing, does anybody have oh. any uh, objections to my bringing uh, alcohol drinks for the next one? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm not going to drink any because I just don't drink alcohol. But Oh, you don't drink at all? Mm-mm. Nope. You learn something. That's okay. I make up for that. Day. I'll drink anytime. Michelle, Mark will, Mark will drink anything at any time, like, as long as it doesn't have one of those in it. One of those nuggets. <laughs> one of those nuggets in it. No, I was just. I have a. I have a new sponsor, and so I have a Schlitz? lot of extra. PBR. So a lot of extra. Saint Pauli girl. No. Stella Artois. No. Is it a beer? No. Uh, is it a wine? Is it a wine? Barefoot wine. Oh. So I have a lot of extra. I felt like I should probably share a little bit. What kind? Um, actually, it's in a can. Oh yeah, that's the yeah. New thing, they apparently. have the new they have the new wine spritzers in a can, so I thought that'd be pretty convenient. So it's like a wine cooler. Yeah. From the was that the eighties that they had the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Live in a can, drink out of a can. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you pour some to your homies. That's right. <laughs> fallen homies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Fallen homies. Speaking of fallen homies. <laughs> I, know that I just hand that off you to you. Just did, you just did, and I was like, <laughs> hmm, what do right. I do with this? <laughs> yeah. uh, we have a guest, of course, because this is the Tiny House Podcast, and it is an interview show. <laughs> most of the time. Most of the time. Not all the time. Yeah, that's right. We have the... Hard breathing principle. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader's with yes, us today. I had to put him on mute because he was interrupting the show <laughs> with his breathing. We have um, Jane. Uh, here's a name to here we go. Mangle James Stoltzvus. Festivus. That's me. Right on. <laughs> was, was he nailed it. He got it. Yeah. Wow. You, you said it right. Sweet. 
James is the principal behind Liberation Tiny Homes, which is... Hey, everyone. <clears throat> good to be here. Hey, good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, you, you uh, operate this, this uh, going concern with your wife. Yeah, she is, uh, she is kind of in charge of the financial end of things. Yeah. Uh, that way I don't have to worry about, um, you know paying the bills and stuff like that so she's a she's a great partner um in that way and then i can kind of focus on building and designing and uh you know doing the uh the, the fun stuff i don't really enjoy the financial aspect of things as much so it's Got nice it. for that that to be there i need a wife <laughs> <laughs> i don't enjoy the financial part of the bc there i don't think funny um, so I, I meant that sincerely, not like, shut up, Michelle. It was funny, but let's move on. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> Just to be clear. Just so everybody's exactly. Because <laughs> sometimes I do get them. Come I on, know. Michelle, that's why I was, that's why I was clarifying. Um, God, but it's a look. Justifying a what we're saying. <laughs> we're going to double the length of the shows here. <laughs> um, so this show is about James. Um, <laughs> So James, understand. So we we've talked with a number of builders on the show up until now. In our how many episodes do we have now? Are we up to 80, 80 something? Eighty plus, in close our to ninety shows. Yeah, wow, freaking amazing. And um, some of them, like yourself, has building in their genes, and I'm not talking about their blue jeans. So <laughs> why don't we start? I know I'm. Having you a might need some of that wine. I'm I know exactly. <laughs> so why don't we start, James, with with a little bit of background on on where you come from and how you got into the tiny house business? Sure. Um, so I grew up in a small town called uh, Ronks, Pennsylvania, in Lancaster County, which is uh, smack in the middle of Amish country, um, about an hour and a half uh, west of Philadelphia. Um, my parents are actually still Amish. And um, I left. Hang on a what? second. Wait, we, we, we can come back. No, let, I, let him go. Okay. Yeah, we'll, okay, we'll come sorry. back. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. This is going to be a good show. Uh, <laughs> it's going to have nothing to do with tiny houses <laughs> at all. Exactly. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, um, James. <laughs> so uh, I left when I was around, I don't know, 16, 17. There's not really a definite date. It just kind of happened over a period of time. Uh, but, yeah, so I grew up watching my dad, brothers, and uh, uncles all swinging a hammer, you know, being fine craftsmen, uh, you know, framing houses and all kinds of general construction and carpentry work. Um, so, you know, I grew up pounding nails, you know, hundreds of nails into their workbenches and probably pissing them off. <laughs> um, yeah, so just, yeah, I definitely have it in my genes, as you said. Um, and so I just, you know, take for granted kind of the background that they gave me, but I'm starting to see more and more the value of that. Um, so I've been in the construction field for around 13 years now since I'm since I turned 17. I just turned 30. So yeah, so that's kind of the foundation. Um, so yeah. Wow. So you are, you know where this is going to go, James. I know. Just kind of bear like, with us, okay? Because we opened just, a can of worms. You did. So we just a can of Amish worms, actually. So, <laughs> I would say not a can, awful. but a buggy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so wow. So so did you? So you were you were Amish, or do you consider yourself still Amish, or your parents were well, Amish and you're not? Yeah, my parents my parents are Amish. Um, I was Amish up until I usually tell people I, uh, you know, in my mind I was Amish. I was like maybe twelve or thirteen, you know. <laughs> although I didn't leave, I I just never saw myself as being Amish. I guess I was a, a strange one, always 
different than everyone else. Never felt like I fit in. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, I just gradually kind of went my own way. Okay. It wasn't really one of those dramatic stories where I left in the middle of the night with a knapsack on my back and, wow. and left everything behind. I'm still in contact and very close to my, you know, all my siblings and family. So, okay, um, that's good. So, so you I, didn't you didn't make it to that part in is it it is the Amish that has have that rumple, rump, what's it called? Rumpelstringer. <laughs> Rumpelstringer. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. Did you make it to that level or no? Yeah. So I kind of. Um, you know, hung out there just because that's where all the people I knew were, you know, just kind of had a group of friends I knew that were all Amish. And so a lot of us actually left together. Um, So yeah, I did that for a while, but yeah, so it's kind of a, it was kind of a weird point in my life. I guess I was being rebellious and whatnot. So that whole five year stretch from like 20 to 25 was kind of a, um, kind of where I left, I guess. Like I said, it wasn't a clean break. It was more like a, just a gradual leaving, leaving everything behind. And you're, you're, you said, I think you said on the air here, but I've definitely read it in your background. And so you, you said that you were working with your brother. Yeah, I worked for my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a company called uh, quality Dax and additions where it's uh, high end residential, um, framing, you know, pretty much general construction. So I was a foreman for him. Uh, for probably about eight years, mm. worked for him for a total of uh, eleven years, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I quit uh, around middle of 2015, I guess. He's not Amish, is he? No. Okay. So, so you guys, <clears throat> I pre- my my stereotypical presumption is that when the Amish put a hammer to a nail, it's like the best freaking mm. nailed yep. hammer or ha- hammered nail that you've ever seen. Um, so is the quality of your, your tiny homes the same way? I would like to think so. Um, I mean the, yeah, the Amish and mainly kind of the Lancaster County area is known for craftsmen. Mm-hmm. It's not really necessary. I think, uh, most of the mainstream culture puts the Amish name to it where mm-hmm. that might not be true. I think it's just this area has a huge influx of Swiss German Oh. Uh, you know, immigrants and the craftsmanship and work ethic here is just unbelievable. Uh, it's better than, well, I mean, I live here, so I can say <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Lancaster County is a, a small County. It's known worldwide for its giving, giving into, um, like nonprofit organizations. We have, I don't know, something about this place that, uh, there's just a culture of giving and uh, excellence. So hmm. I don't know what it is, but it, it, I just know it's amazing. Amazing hmm. place to grow up and live. One thing I think you definitely have in common with a lot of uh, the tiny house builders is that feeling of square peg in a round hole. Okay. But it's interesting to me that He's even like, though... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he Where said going he, with this? <laughs> <laughs> he said he didn't. He felt like he didn't fit in, and I yeah. think that's a lot of us. We don't feel like yeah. we fit into Outliers. sort of yeah mm-hmm. mainstream. But it's interesting that you rebelled against, um, or not rebelled. That's my words, not yours. I think um, that you that you uh, forsake forsake forsook 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 forsaken the Amish <laughs> way of life, but yet you Gave embraced, up. but yet you embraced the quality, the workmanship, um, and the value of building something with your hands. 
can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how did that influence your your vision when you started putting together your tiny house company? How do you think that work ethic and that that quality of building um, influenced your direction? Yeah. So. Um I guess from the start, uh, kind of start in the beginning, I saw uh, a lot of tiny houses out there that, well, if I can name drop, I saw t- uh, Tumbleweed, which is probably most people's first impression with the tiny house movement. Um, I saw their houses, I loved them, but I saw a huge gap there um, between kind of like uh, design and price. I felt like there was a lot of room to be improved on, but... I also felt like the price could be um, better. Lower? Uh, lower, yes. Okay. So uh, that was kind of where I started. So my goal as a company is to bring a high-quality product into the marketplace but offer it at a um, more acceptable price that more, uh, I guess, a more like a normal end user could buy it. So that's kind of my my goal as a company. So quality does, I mean, plays, you know, quality is everything to me. I want my houses to be uh, not only visually appealing, but also sound in their build, you know, it's built well, but it also looks amazing. So that's, that's my goal. Um, if that answers your question. What, what's the price point that you build your houses at? Um, I, well, we're kind of, uh, you know, that, that's a process we're working on. Right now, we're at about uh, between 45 and 60 is kind of our average for our finished builds. And so it, we try to be kind of, you know, not low end, but also not on the upper end. We just try to be middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And how big of a tiny house is that for that price range? Um, we kind of our standard pricing is it starts at 20 feet to 28 and then we do any sizes but so 20 feet starts at like 40 uh 42 and then the 28 would be around 52 so that's kind of our base price point um but like i said we can go up to you know 36 feet or down to 16 or 18 just i mean we're totally custom so we really just work with each client individually to come up with a uh a plan and a design for them. How many, how many tiny houses have you built? Um, you know, that was, I think we're on like number 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. And what's your, what do you, how many do you crank out a month or quarter? Well, or um, since we're such a new company, um, that's, that's, that's changing every mm-hmm. month. So mm-hmm. I just hired, uh, two guys at the end of last year. So we're trying to get up to one finished project a month. And then we also do shells, which is like a, like a DIY type, you know, giving people a head start on a build, but then they can finish it themselves. So we always try to do like one uh, completed project and then one shell a month. That's kind of our goal for this year. Do you hire out of the Amish community? Yes. You do really? So you, oh, absolutely. It's a gold mine here. Yeah, I so, bet. I bet. so you hire out yeah. of the Amish community, but I don't see, at least in the Our Story About Us webpage, I don't see, you, you don't really pull in the Amish connection, yeah. which I would think that on the consumer side, people would love to hear that story. Is that a, well, uh, was that a choice that, we made on purpose? It is. A lot of people in this community kind of, um, uh, I don't know, like, 
take advantage of the Amish name, and I kind of wanted to mm. be more just have our name speak for ourselves and not capitalize on the Amish culture, mm-hmm. um, if you will. A lot of people call themselves Amish shed builders or Amish construction when they don't have anything to do with Amish. Mm, so I, that's kind of my anti, um, you know, I, <laughs> right. I want to build a product that stands on its own right on. and it doesn't have this culture attached to it. Mm-hmm. So it's a very good question. It's something I did think about. Um, but yeah, I made a conscious decision to mm-hmm. um, kind of leave that out. Some some builders are having trouble uh, making. They're, they're great on the build side, but when it comes to the like the making the financial ends meet, they're having a really hard time. How are you? Uh, over, how are you figuring out how to build these things with such good quality, but still make a living? If you are, well, it's it's all about um, connections. I think um, I have a lot of like just from being in the in the in the culture for you know 12 years i I gotten to know a lot of really good uh subcontractors that offer good services for really good prices because it's so competitive here Mm -hmm. um everyone it's kind of a problem actually um people work for too cheap here i think um so that's kind of an advantage as a business owner though but so that's kind of plays a big part of it is the craftsmen here are so talented but the prices are so um yeah, the competition is so stiff that um, there's just a picking choice out there with, you know, uh, just a solid group of people to choose from. So that's number one. Number two is uh, just having good sources for materials. Mm-hmm. And again, since there's such a, a culture of construction and building here, we have an extremely uh, great supply chain that comes right into Lancaster County. So. Uh, all those things put together, I think, help us out a lot. Uh, we have a really good hub of industry here that I can really tap into. Hmm. Um, but it's also just um, planning well, not wasting anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah, think number so, three is probably rosemary. Well, that's what I was going to yes. say. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> his say. wife going, she, honey, <laughs> honey she's, she does really you good can't have that. Yeah. A good price doesn't mean a lower price, honey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, But we are, you know, we have, you know, there is that kind of, when I first got into the business, I was like, I'm going to build a beautiful house for $30,000. Yeah. Um, I mean, literally, that's what I thought. Uh, until I started figuring out that I can't hardly even buy the materials for that much. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so I readjusted my goals a, a bit since then. But, you know, our goal was still to provide a great product at a really good price point um, and not sacrificing quality you know is is the is the labor in I, I think you meant the labor when you said the prices yeah sorry That's uh, okay. yeah, the Are, labor field here is is extremely low is, i mean the the hourly rate uh, right rate the is wages extremely low. Mm-hmm. is that because um, is that because the culture out there generally speaking not just among the amish is that the co- one's cost of living is low because they believe in simple living not necessarily mm-hmm. um this area Actually, cost of living is pretty high. Um, I th- uh, we have a strange economy here. Um, and so, yeah, I, I wish I could explain it. But um, High supplies? These, sorry? They have a lot of uh, competition, a lot of availability. Yeah, exactly. So the supply is very, very high. And yeah. the demand, the, the supply of laborers right. probably is, is high, high coming out of that community. Um, right. And the demand is probably not such that it 
couldn't possibly can't absorb yeah all the yeah supply. can't absorb mm. the supply. Mm. That's yeah, my we, theory. We, yeah, that's that's yeah, it's pretty close. Um, so basically, we have a lot of um, we're a hub, and we we kind of a lot of the workers go out into like New York, New Jersey, Virginia, like kind of in the you know surrounding states. Um, mm. So there's a, a huge influx of uh, money that comes from out of state, which drives. I think we're pretty wealthy as a county, mm-hmm. um, which drives price of living up, obviously. But then at the same time, you have this weird thing where the Amish and Mennonite cultures are so hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, they're willing to work for 20 bucks an hour, um, where other places it might work for 30, 35 bucks an hour. Um, they kind of make up for it by just putting more hours in, mm-hmm. just with a you know mm-hmm. crazy work ethic. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the two things that, are, you know, uh, they're at play here. But, um, One of the things that drives me crazy is when I read social media posts about why are tiny houses so expensive. <laughs> um, and so to to that to that extent, um, I'm I just wrote a blog post. It's like it just drives me crazy. They are expensive, right? There, it takes material, it takes space, it takes tools, it yeah. takes supplies, and it takes labor. And so yeah, they are they are. Um, they can be very expensive to build. But to that end, to what extent do you think that you are educating your customers um, about tiny houses? And not just the expense in general, but um, what? talk a little bit about the education piece. Um, a lot of tiny house people kind of don't know what they want and until it's right in front of them. Uh, so you're talking about educating on on what level? Um, when your customers come, yeah. When your customers like come to you and they say, "I want a tiny house," and then you're like, "Well, what do you want?" I'm like, to yeah, what extent right. are your are your customers absolutely <clears throat> educated? They know what they want. They're willing to pay it, or are you in the same boat as a lot of the builders in that you're doing a lot of advocacy, a lot of education about well. These are the different options, and these are the advantages and disadvantages of the different options. Right. I, I actually don't do a lot of that. Um, I I mean, I do quite a bit of it, but um, what I usually try to do is I point people in direction of, you know, some of these popular blogs like Tiny House Giant Journey or Tiny House Basics, some of these, like, well-established blogs that kind of have really – good info. So I'll sit down with my clients and I'll have these conversations and, and we will talk about a lot of these, you know, educational aspects of the tiny house community. But, um, I try to, you know, push them off to people that have lived in a tiny house full time for a couple years, um, so that they know what they're getting themselves into. So yeah, there is a certain amount of education, educating that I do. Um, but our process, um, had, kind of by design we had to almost cut out a lot of our meetings because we were trying to build houses and people mm-hmm. would just um drop by and i literally couldn't get anything done so uh we we kind of filtered through that so now what we're getting is a lot of people that have done a lot of homework and um you know they go through our process which is like fill out a questionnaire and and it seems like um the people that actually take the time to fill out our questionnaire and stuff like that are a little bit more advanced in the stages uh, before they ever come out, because uh, we kind of design our um, website and and first contact to kind of filter through those people, if that makes sense. Um, so I think we require a little bit more homework before we ever meet with them. Um, 
so that we can you know help them when they get here because we're more we see ourselves more as builders versus advocates for the tiny house community wow. uh, we have new jersey tiny house group and philadelphia tiny house group um, on meetup here so they do a lot of work on um, advocating for the movement within those groups and we do events with them so that's my long answer to that question no, it, <clears throat> thank you. Actually, of course, we love long answers. And I have long <laughs> questions, so that works out really well. Multi-part. <laughs> but, it, it, but if I'm going to summarize what you <clears throat> said, what you said was at the beginning, you did sort of have that issue where you where you were educating and pointing people in the various directions and helping them to identify. And, you, and it sounds like your process has evolved to be more efficient. Right, exactly. James, do you live in a tiny house? We do not. What, um, what do you live in? We live in a little, probably a thousand square foot cottage um, that we rent for now. Um, we're we're looking for uh, some kind of homestead that we can, you know, do some sort of alternative tiny living. But we're still not sure what direction we're going to head in. When you say homestead, do you mean like off grid, out in the boonies? Oh, uh, that'd be awesome. But you know, uh, it just depends on where we end up. We would love to have like a farmette, you know. 10, 20 acres with, uh, you know, all kinds of animals we can raise our kids on. Um, I mean, with. I was <laughs> <laughs> uh, that came out weird. <laughs> I don't know. I was raised on a pony. <laughs> From the time I got um, up in the morning little... until dinner, I was on my pony. <laughs> James was like, that's cool. <laughs> yep, yeah, raise our kids on cows. That'd be great. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're um, yeah. That's a question we get asked a lot. People are like, you live in a tiny house, and I'm always like, brace myself for their disappointment right. because they expect you to. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I, I just build them. <laughs> 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 sorry. <laughs> um, how did you and your wife meet? Um, <clears throat> we met when we were. Uh, I was 16. She was 15, I guess. Um, and it was within an Amish youth group. Um, so we had known each other for a while. But, you know, we both actually kind of left the Amish on our own terms. Um, we didn't do it together. And then we kind of came uh, when I was when we were 23 and 24, I think. We kind of re-met again under different cir- circumstances. And uh, it was kind of funny how we... We, you got to tell that story. We hit it off again yeah. in a totally different way. What were the circumstances? Well, just uh, we had both kind of left the Amish culture and experienced the world and then kind of came back home and uh, and then we met each other again and, you know, met each other in uh, after, you know, discovering who we are and stuff like that. So yeah, it, was, it, was a, it was a cool experience because there was that foundation of um, – you know, trusting each other, knowing knowing each other, we come from the same culture yeah. and all that. But still, we we kind of found ourselves on separate um, on paths that came back together again. So that's pretty cool. How did you guys reconnect? Were you at a bar or something? Or <laughs> no, um, you don't I, have to talk about it if you don't want to. Yeah, I don't actually remember what the Uh-oh. first. <laughs> He's in I mean, trouble now. Yeah. Rose <laughs> we will always, not be happy. We were always in contact. I think uh-huh. um, we never really lost contact. We just kind of didn't see each other very much for like a three or four year period of time. And then, uh, my wife actually initiated the, the kind of relationship. I mean, you know, I, um, yeah, it was, 
man, put me on the spot. I'm you have backed him in a corner, man. <laughs> yeah, <I said> <laughs> um, sorry, James. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just a kind of an organic occurrence. We just kind of became friends again and then realized there was something more there. And, and a year later, we were married. <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was really cool, organic uh, coming together after, um, yeah, like I said, after just having a, a great discovery of who we were. Yeah, it's personal levels. It sounds like a really deep relationship building experience where you both came from the same culture, went out into this other totally different culture, had your immersion out there and then came back together and found each other with this common background. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, it, there's, I think there's, uh, there's not much more important to a good relationship, you know, any relationship than and a good foundation of trust. And, and we had that and, and it's amazing how much you can accomplish on that basic level of, you know, trust totally who does your design um and architecture work is that is that you um and talk a little bit about what your similarities are with the other tiny house uh builders or other tiny house companies and then of course tell us what's different <laughs> there's your three-parter okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, did i tell I, you to bring uh, pencil and paper right <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so you said <laughs> yeah, I design, I design and build. I mean, I design the 3D concepts, uh, and then we work with a client to uh, you know tweak that program, uh, tweak that design. So most of the designs are are kind of a mixture of our previous products, or you know we we never create anything new. So it's just a mixture of every other tiny house that's out there. Um, but yeah, I design uh, everything. We do a 3D design and offer that to the client, and then. Uh, after about a month or so of tweaking design, we, we move forward. Um, number two, you said how we kind of relate to the the greater community. Yeah, what, what, what do you um, find yourself most similar to the other tiny house companies, and then what's different? Yeah, so I think um, similar is, while well, you're working with a eight and a half foot wide by, you know, 20 to... 30 foot box. So that's kind of similarities. You, you have only so many options that you can, you can work with within that box. So, um, so we're always, all of us builders are always stealing from each other, you know, different ideas. And, and, uh, so that's, you know, say you have a stairway, you can only put it in so many places. So and then your kitchen can only be laid out in about three different ways. So, um, but different, we do uh, everything custom. So, uh, I mean, you name it. You you bring me a picture of something that you saw in a magazine and ask me if I can incorporate it in a tiny house, you know, I might be able to. Um, but my goal is to just really provide a totally unique house that's built for each individual client's um, lifestyle. Wow. Um <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's kind of. Do do your do your clients choose? I'm just while we're talking, I'm cruising through your gallery on your website. Do your clients choose the fixtures that go into the tiny houses, or do you make those choices, or does your um, wife? It, it's a little bit of both. Um, sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes a client wants to be in charge of you know the whole design aspect of it i'll kind of draw the shape and they'll be like i want to pick out all my stuff from home depot or something i'm like sure we can do that um and we just install it for them uh, other times a client will come to me and say hey design me a house um this is what i'm looking for show me a few pictures and then uh, you know they'll give me kind of the go ahead to, to 
you know, they trust my eye for detail and just say, go ahead with it. Uh, so, you know, it can be on both ends of the spectrum there or anywhere in the middle. I've had so many different variations of, you know, we've done quite a few custom ones and, and I have some people that don't want to pick anything. Some people want to choose every little detail. So it, it really is up to the client. How many, how many people are actually, how many of your customers are actually living in their tiny houses versus doing something else with them? Like full time right. living, I mean. Yeah, right now that's a good question. Right now, um, I'm I would say probably about fifty percent. Um, we have we built uh, three tiny houses that are on Airbnb now hmm. in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, probably probably a little over fifty percent. What are the What do the others do with them? Besides, well, like, besides you know, Airbnb, like of course. Airbnb or vacation homes. Okay. Hmm. Are they yeah. most? Are the uh, the are your clients mostly from your general area, or where where's the longest distant client? Um. Well, right now we're <laughs> finishing one up that's heading to Salt Lake City, Utah. Um. So that's the furthest. That's what two thousand some miles. Yeah. Uh, we had one head to um, Southern Florida. Uh, but mostly it's out of state. Uh. We do get quite a few people from Pennsylvania, but mostly it's surrounding states like Virginia, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, um, Ohio. Yeah, just kind of the surrounding states. Do you do you, do you do your own delivery, or do, do the, does the customer have to take care of that? Uh, we used to, but you know, after we kind of got busier and decided we need to, you know, focus on building, we just we just use a uh, third party okay. delivery service now. What, what's your? I want to go back to your wife. Um, what's the? What's your back? What's her background in like education and whatnot? Um. Well, we both grew up Amish, so education isn't very uh, oh. important in oh. Amish culture. So we're both um, mm-hmm. have very little formal ed- education. Uh, but she has uh, a pretty pretty good background in in food and food. Uh, she was a manager of a small cafe for three years, I think. Huh. Um, and so she has a lot of, you know, practical uh, skills and knowledge. She grew up in a uh, family that has a um, has a furniture store, so she she learned a lot of like business insight from that, uh, uh, which is you know pretty normal for Amish culture. We we all have some sort of you know second income or or you know roadside stand or you know some kind side of business hustle. on the side. I don't think they call it a hustle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we, we hustle here. So. <laughs> Very interesting. And and <clears throat> the is 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 your I'm just going to get a little technical here. Mark doesn't like this, but the Uh-oh. is the build the build site that you have is that the the site where the modern home is featured, that big gravel space. So you have like a large piece of land that you work on? Yeah, that that's our old location. Mm-hmm. Um we just moved at the beginning of this year, so uh, yeah, we uh, we moved to a bigger, um, mostly indoor facility now. Oh, right uh, right. Before we did a lot of work outside, so okay. yeah, that's our old old facility where we just had a big old open uh, kind of gravel parking yeah, lot. Yeah, gravel parking in. lot. What do you think the the future of? I mean, obviously you're in this business. Oh, I here's an interesting question. So we the last the. Let me just think for a second there, James, just a minute. It may not be that interesting. We'll see. It might not be, yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> the last, 
so you're you're differentiating yourself from the tiny house activist community. The last tiny house activist that we talked with talked about how he was really working. I think he was a builder too. Really working to preserve the opportunity for DIYers to be able mm. to build their own houses. What okay. do you, what do you think about that? I think it's awesome. Um, and we do work with the DIY community quite a bit. Uh, we've built, you know, a good amount of shells in the last year. And we love working with DIYers because um, they inspire us uh, with, you know, their fun projects they do within their house. So, yeah, we love that. I, you know, I, I totally um, am passionate about seeing people take charge of their future um, by applying even a skill they don't have yet, but like learning a skill and applying that to building their own house to live in. That's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in a, in a culture that has kind of moved away from the trades yeah. in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's amazing because we're going to have a shortage of trades after a while if we don't, uh, change something. Mm-hmm. So I love the DIY community because it, it just is, means that more people that normally wouldn't have had a kind of a trade or a skill to back, you know, to fall back on. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there's a whole community online, like say it's Pinterest or, you know, whatever other platform you use to get ideas while you're, you're learning the basic building blocks of, uh, you know, learning to build a house. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's really awesome. Do you build to a particular housing standard? I don't, we don't have a, uh, like we don't are not we're not RVI certified, um, but what I do is we build to the normal housing code as much as we can. Obviously, that's not possible right. in all aspects. But as far as plumbing and electricity, and the framing part of it, we build to like standard, um, you know, load and, and weight ratings. Mm-hmm. With that, okay, Michelle, did you have a question? Sorry, am I putting you on the spot? I did, and I lost it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Does that have anything to do with wine? I wonder. Mm. <laughs> That's okay. Um, do you? Do you? I'm going to go back personal. Do you have? Uh, do you and and Rosemary have children at this point, or no? Yeah, we have. Um, we have a two year old, which I think I oh. sent you uh, that that one headshot. Uh, he just he's a he'll turn two in May, oh. uh, and we have one on the way. So. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. We just we just started announcing it, so oh. you're one of the first to know. Well, it, we won't come out till. Oh, wait a minute. Are we still behind? So it's going to come out we're, immediately? Not, not immediately. No, okay. it'll be a few weeks. Okay. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're uh, we're excited about that. So do you do exclusively trailer builds? And we do. Have you? Do you design your own trailers as well? Um. So we uh, yes, we do exclusively build on trailers um we've been kind of working with a trailer manufacturer we just kind of uh quit using one end of last year we started using tiny house basics models now you're probably familiar with them yeah um so we're working with tiny house basics uh they have a dealer in uh alabama that we started getting getting them from Hmm. uh but yeah that is a custom uh design tiny house trailer Hey, hey, James, I've got a couple more questions before we end the show. Um, the first one is, what is your, what do your parents think about what you're doing? They think it's cool. Um, yeah, they, they think it's cool. Uh, they, 
you know, the Amish culture isn't as vocal as uh, as a lot. We're very stoic. Um, <laughs> so so. <laughs> they, they sit there nodding their heads, and that means it's cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's not like um, – no, they're great. Uh, but it's not like a very uh, culture of affirma- affirmative um, – uh, words, I guess, but, uh, no, they, they back me up uh, in spirit. Right on. Yeah. And then as another question, the other question I had is as a builder, um, would you have, I'm just personally curious, would you have the capacity if someone came to you and said, Hey James, um, I want you to build me, uh, 15 houses over the course of two years. Yeah. You'd be able to do that. Yeah, well, probably what we would do is we'd we'd say yes to it and uh, scramble crazy, and figure you know, it out. Sure wow. that- <laughs> <laughs> Pull a Bill Gates. Uh, oh, we can know, do that. We have a great, like I said, you know, we have a great community here. Um, a lot of people I can trust to do good work. Mm-hmm. So, if something like that happened, um, I would probably, um, you know, just depend on the the culture around me to help help make that happen. And you know, all the while doing it at our at our facilities and making sure the quality stays, um, you know, to our standards. But yeah, we have a great community we could pull from, um, you know, here and there if we needed to, you know, work hard for two months at a time and, you know, have six houses out the door. We could do that. Right. So that's that's kind of the beauty of of this area. Cool. There's a lot of tradesmen that that are at our beck and call. Nice. For the record, if the Amish are stoic, I could never be Amish. No, you could not. Even, <laughs> if, I, even if I wanted to be, right? Yeah. There's just no way you could, I could squish myself into stoic. No, no. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's an interesting culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet. Uh, especially for you guys looking from the outside in. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I I love the values that, that were instilled in me from a young age. Yeah, I bet. Um. You know, but you know, obviously, with with a subculture like that, that it does have its uh, challenges. And, and yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not Amish anymore, so I didn't like it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the values uh, but, you can appreciate. But I love the values, yeah. and you're close to it still, too, which yeah. I think is really common yeah. amongst ex-Amish. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't uh, burn bridges per se, like uh, you know, like some people do. I mean, some people are forced to because of. Um, you know, some certain situations, but uh, I was very fortunate to have a, a great family that, that didn't, you know, toss me out. I know. see. They, they supported me in whatever decisions I made. Well, that was very good of them. And uh, there were a lot of, a lot of bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> so. well, well, James, I'm, I'm glad you survived. We're glad you survived the bad decisions and, um, yeah, me too. <laughs> and excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here and being willing to answer some of those questions that put you on the spot. Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. Good yeah. And so Tiny House listeners, check it out, man, and women. So we have this program where we're reading our reviews on the air. And if you want to get your six seconds of fame, <laughs> feel free to give us a review on iTunes. It can be any star level you want. If we suck, give us a one star. Oh, we'd love to read one of those oh, reviews. Oh, for sure. Come on. Make one up if you have to. If you send one a review in, we will randomly read it on the air, but I'll give you a, a little hint. Because we have none to read today, if you send one in, yours probably will be read. <laughs> so, so there you go. And uh, next week, uh, who are we going to be talking with next week? Amanda. Okay. Amanda with a name. Uh, I'll try it today. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Archambault. 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 Amanda Archambault. And she is with? One beginning tiny, no, pocket living. Pocket living. Pocket living. Oh. Pocket living. I live in my pockets all the time. Let's find out what she's talking about. (laughs) And until then, Tiny Housers, we'll talk with you next week. See ya. See you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Main. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. Thank you.